We love violence in this country. We like violence. We have those little violent tendencies. I'm not the only person. I know you're like me. When you see somebody walking down the street wearing a Superman t-shirt, you just want to shoot them in the chest. <laughs> when they start to bleed, go, I guess not. Don't wear the shirt. Wear a shirt that says, I bleed if you shoot me in the chest plate, and I will not shoot you in the chest plate. Super bleeder. <laughs> I called him super bleeder. <laughs> My name's Christopher Maverick. You can call me Mav, and I am once again here with Wayne and Katia. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> so we were t- we talked about do we want to do anything special? This is show number fifty. We've done wow. fifty of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was actually paying attention, so I have nothing special planned. But you know. Congratulations. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for the anniversary show. <laughs> Which is in a couple of weeks, yeah. yeah uh, I have no year. idea for that then. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I even introduce the topic, since, since you already, like, I heard a cheer, I will introduce our guest for the week. We have Nicole Free returning. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Matt. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. You've it's been Welcome. a f- it's been a few shows since you were on. You've been, I mean, you've been on several times before, though. Yes, but uh, yeah. I had I I was in a couple of shows, so I've been pretty busy. So. <laughs> oh yeah, you were doing um. You, I did uh, you, Ruth, and before that, I was doing cabaret. So. Yep, exciting. Ah, I just saw a production of that here at Carnegie Mellon. Is very good. Which mm-hmm. one, cabaret or Phantom? Tolbert. Cabaret. Yeah. yeah, cabaret. Yeah, yeah very good. <laughs> Uh, Nicole takes credit for that, even though she I wasn't there. Yes, there. Yes, no, I, 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 I can sense your presence. Right? <laughs> right. I was Frenchy. So when you were watching, um, there you go. Well, a little bit of housekeeping stuff. I, d- I did want to point out here. Here's your celebratory thing for, for show 50. As we record this, as we record it and not probably not when you're listening to it, but right now. Katia, you are in the lead of the box office game. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Marvel. <laughs> On the strength of Captain Marvel, you are currently winning the box office game. And I'm planning to add to it, actually, tomorrow night. Yeah. Are, are you, I haven't going to seen it? it yet, yeah. Okay. We're trying to get well, the crew together. In all likelihood, as people are listening to this, Wayne is in the lead because us is coming out this weekend. <laughs> no, no, everyone goes see Captain Marvel. No one goes see Wayne's movie. The thing is, if it only sells two tickets, I'm going to get 99% of the proceeds out of it because it's rotten to yeah. me. It's crazy. Yeah, it's full. It just dropped below 100%. It, it had been for like the first 60 reviews, it was 100%. And now it's like 99. I don't care. No one so. goes see it. <laughs> everyone start posting, but like everyone start convincing everyone that it's a horrible movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tomatoes. Yes. Well, that, 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 <laughs> That's what you want to do. Talking talk about, yes. Talking about earlier, that, that was one of the few when we were doing the game. You know, and, and Mav and Hannah being so, you know, like they, they had their plan and they had their strategy, and I was just kind of picking stuff out of, out of a hat. That was my one strategic move. That was like my second choice, and it was my one strategic move. Uh, you know, the, the first one was successful. Uh, I bet this is going to be a thing. So, 
Well, your biggest strategic move was just we're taking of it. Yeah, getting Avengers. the Avengers first. That was, that was strategic. That was luck of the draw. <laughs> I have to say that I'm going to go see Captain Marvel this weekend. So. Have you not seen it yet either? I have not been it's, yet, no. Some of us have, have things to do, Mav. Some of us yeah, do not live at the movie theater. You know, Nicole's job is watching comic book movies, too. Sure, but still. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's worth seeing. I, I did enjoy it, and I will also see us probably. I never saw Get Out in the theater. I didn't see Get Out till afterwards because yeah, same here. I, I, I slept on it. I thought, oh well, this is this looks dumb, and nope, turned out it was not. So that was awesome. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to be a problem with us. I think you'll be making a decent amount of money. Um, speaking of the box office game, I, I will also say because in case I forget to say so at the end, I I did a little bit of moonlighting this week. I am. Well, last week, as you're listening to this, I am on the most recent episode of The Protagonist again. That's our friend Joe Dorowski's podcast. We are talking about the book I Kill Giants, which is one of my favorite graphic novels. Mm, I I concur. Yeah. (laughs) So if you've well, well, first off, if you've not read that book, you absolutely should. It is amazing and delightful and heartbreaking. um, Heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Be be, be prepared. Uh, It's 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 a rough ride. (laughs) Yeah. Do not read it in front of people you don't want to cry in front of. Yeah. And but like read that book and then go download Joe's podcast. That's the protagonist podcast. It's linked in the show notes, uh, the episode that I'm on. So uh that was a fun discussion. So <laughs> Nicole, you've also met Joe many oh, yeah. times. I know yeah. Joe. I've known Joe for years from Popco. Yeah. So um, but this week, a little different. And this was kind of slightly comic book inspired, but not really. It's also just sort of, it's an interesting thing. Uh, Wayne and I were talking at the store about the idea of the Superman symbol and the Superman symbol, probably one of the most recognizable images in the world. I, I would argue that the Superman symbol in world recognizability of what it means is probably up there. I said like with the, the Christian cross and, you know, probably like the Nazi swastika and say they're all symbols are good, but they're, if, if you're wearing this, a Superman t-shirt, you're making a statement that you expect people to sort of associate you that that image with a reference, you know, you're, you're telling people I'm a geek. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this stands for hope or something yeah, for or, some or, reason or, or Superman, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think the Batman symbols up there too. And I think to a lesser extent, which, you know, n- not, not to judge anyone's religion, but I'd say uh, the star of David, for instance, is a little lower on that list of recognizability. Really? Still pretty then Superman symbol and the cross. Yeah. Worldwide. Yeah. I don't think it's great that that uh, that's true, but I, but it's, they're still pretty far up there, you know? And I think that you get much lower as you go to, and I pointed out like the, um, the a one symbol of Druidism. I know what that looks like, but that's way lower mm. on the totem pole, but still, you know, they're all symbols that sort of mean something. And then I thought, well, not all symbols are just like icons, avatars like that. A lot of them are just things like the way you dress. And we talked about the idea of, you know, if you go to a, if you go to a job interview, you wear your suit. And if you go to, um, you know, a formal event, you wear, 
your cocktail dress or your or your tuxedo. But what's the difference between a tuxedo and a suit? Not really much of anything, except for it's subtly different enough that it sends a different message. So, or if you're cocktail, you wear your cocktail dress to the coffee shop. You, well. Well, that well, we should talk about that. When, you know, when, <laughs> no, 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 we should because that because the idea is what are you saying when when you dress a certain way? You know, you are sending a message encoded in in your clothing. When you wear a certain symbol, you're wearing a dress. If you're if you're wearing a crucifix, you know people are going to assume you're a Christian. And then if you if you were right. to wear a cross and then get offended, and you're like, no, I'm I'm Muslim. Can a can a Muslim person wear a cross? Well. Sure, you could, but people are going to make an assumption. Yeah. So we're going to talk about symbols and what it means to wear them. That's the topic. Well, I mean, first of all, I think it's important to distinguish between what people interpret and why people wear things. Like, yes. Well, I mean, to go, for example, I have worn relatively formal dresses to go work at a coffee shop because I want to wear my formal dresses because I make them and goddamn, I'm going to wear them. Uh, right. and I don't particularly care whether there's an occasion for it, but yeah, I, I mean, I have no idea particularly what that communicates other than I like my clothes. Um, but like I can wear it for no particular reason, just in the same way somebody can wear a Batman symbol or a Superman symbol or a cross for no particular reason, other than they like the aesthetic of it. Um, right. so I mean, I think that's an important distinction to sort of draw is like why, why we might choose to wear something versus what the world interprets, even though there is a lot of overlap. I mean, something that I know Matt, Matt, you and I have talked about is basically, I mean, one of the uses is particularly of symbols, but I think of clothing and like, um, especially like any visual markers, tattoos, I think operate this way for a lot of people. It's signaling to other people either intentionally or otherwise that you're part Mm -hmm. of an in-group. I mean, definitely. I mean, you brought up like the swastika is probably actually the best example of that. No one wears a swastika that doesn't want to identify. Right. (laughs) Right. A certain group of individuals. I'm going to say there was a time early, early in the punk movement. Right. um, When when you, it it wasn't the skinhead. It wasn't Nazis. It was just to piss people off. Right. Right. But even that is like, you're, you're, you're associating yourself with a group that you know will piss people off. Yeah. Yeah. You might not believe in those things, but you were doing it because that would piss off the old fogies. So yeah. I commented on the blog and the, you know, the religion of Jainism, which is far older than the Nazis. It's a, it's a religion with a 1500 year old tradition. And I put a picture on the blog. They have a, um, their flag has a swastika in the middle of it. And when you see that flag, you don't think, Hey, peaceful meditation. That's (laughs) which is is the tenets of their relation. Well, there's, there's the ongoing manga series, uh, blade of the immortal. I mean, I guess it ended a long time ago, so it's not ongoing, but a very long manga series where the main character is wearing a, a gi, you know, a a robe of some sort that has a swastika on the back and every issue, every graphic novel has the disclaimer saying, this is not the Nazis. This is this traditional and explaining what it is, but they had to put that disclaimer in every issue. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's a case where the the Nazis taking that symbol, you know, whatever the origin was to begin with, wherever they found it, they completely Mm -hmm. changed the meaning of that symbol. It may have meant something for 10,000 years. By 1932, it meant something very different. Very and very specific. Yeah. Yeah. And very specific. Yeah. I mean, I think what Katia was getting at, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, any symbol, clothing or otherwise, has the meaning that the person using it intends. But also the meaning, to go back to our uh, death of the author episode, the meaning that the person viewing the symbol 
sort of builds in their head. Right. Yeah, well, and the, the implied meaning and the inferred meaning. Right. 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 Exactly. You're on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can't really say one's more powerful than the other. If you, you know, whatever your reason for wearing a swastika, everyone's going to think you're a Nazi. That's mm-hmm. just how it is. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like this trend that has started, I guess, maybe the last few years where you can go into, you know, Target or JCPenney's and you get t-shirts that are, that are designed to, you know, echo old band tours or old advertisements, things like this. Pre-distressed. It's like, okay, so do you, do you actually, have you ever actually listened to Dark Side of the Moon or did you just think that the prison with the light was cool? Yeah, I, I was amazed. I, I saw a, a Misfits, that classic skull logo of the Misfits at a Walmart recently. Like, <laughs> have, have you really listened to the song Angel Fuck? Have, have you really? Uh, <laughs> the Misfits, that band high on discount consumerism. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And that becomes the question. So if you're talking about something like that, if you're talking about, you know, Pink Floyd symbols, band T-shirts, if you're talking about anything that you buy at Walmart, are you really identifying with that subculture or are you just identifying with the aesthetic? I would say that in 1978, if you wore a Superman T-shirt, you were a geek. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely in, not true now. In no. 2019, if you wore a Superman, you wear a Superman T-shirt. It means that you have a T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's like it's just it's not. I mean, nobody, like I don't. It doesn't nobody, even mean you're comic book anymore. Yeah, nobody buys it not knowing what it is. Right. But it doesn't mean you've ever read a comic or, or seen a movie, or that you even have any particular like. A, a strong association with right. it because it's like, I mean I definitely I mean so like for example I have like a five-year-old nephew that I practically guarantee has a Superman right. symbol shirt like pretty much every you know small child yeah does he have any idea what that means no probably his parents <laughs> bought it for it do does, does do his parents read Superman comic books no um but it's like this is what you this is this is the thing that you buy for young like young children particularly male children of a certain age like i mean i think that there's there's also a distinction between symbols like this that have gone like completely mainstream and ones that have not yet because i mean if i wear a t-shirt with squirrel girl on it you could make certain assumptions about my habits Um, i'd assume you're a 40 year old man (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but like yeah, so I think, I mean, I think, yeah, that, that, like, I think in some ways, like, Superman and Batman symbols, because they're so prominent, like, I wouldn't say that they're, like, evacuated of meaning, but they're pretty, pretty close. There mm-hmm. was, uh, I was, I want to say at least 10 years ago or so, uh, I was, it was one of those shows where they count down, like, the 100 greatest you know, pop culture icons. And I, I just remember because Superman was number two. Like most yeah. mm-hmm. recognized in the world. What was number one? Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. I'd have guessed Mickey Mouse, but uh, yeah, it was. It, yeah. You know, uh-huh. culture icon. I don't know. Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. I feel like has kind of like disappeared from most kids. Are they just because there's not? Yeah, maybe. Because I mean, other than the fact that he's a character at Disney. Yeah. He's not like in the movies. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have the, the presence he once did. Yeah, no, I, but I, I think you know the we're talking about the T-shirts at Walmart or whatever. That that, that becomes a commodification of these symbols, mm-hmm. and and that you know like how can we make money off of this? And and mm-hmm. and obviously you know if you're the person who licenses out the Superman T-shirt, you're making a tremendous amount of money. Um, and in ways that you can't license out a swastika or 
you know, a Confederate flag or the cross or whatever. Well, you, but you could for, I mean, the Confederate flag. I mean, you can hear the design of it, certainly, but. Well, yeah, but I mean, the Confederate flag only became, uh, realistically, the Confederate flag became anathema to capitalism in the last two or three years. Like you could buy Confederate flags at Walmart until yeah. like 2015 easily. Yeah. And then just suddenly we just hit this weird cultural moment where everybody was like, well, this means you're racist. Maybe we shouldn't sell these. And it's like, well, it always meant you were racist. Well, and, or, and there's still lots of places to buy it. I, right. I can drive less and, also, and, it, and it also depends on where you are in the country too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, I noticed that when I was down visiting Katia this last summer. <laughs> yeah. No, I, oh, no, you, you in, yeah, you were in South Carolina, land of yeah. where we, yeah. You, there's no, certain, you, certain you, games you can play on road trips that you cannot play on a country. I think I mentioned on the show when I when I got back, I, I drove past a store called the Dixie Store and did not go inside because yeah. that looked like not a friendly place I, for me. I can take you 50 miles south of here and, and have the same experience. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, no. north of the Mason-Dixon line, but uh, but yeah. <laughs> but, but does not believe that it is. Well, but yeah. that, well, but I think that's a. I mean, my association with it. I mean, it, for all I know, it was a perfectly lovely shop that loves black people. But I'm driving through South Carolina and I mm-hmm. see a place called the Dixie Shop or the Dixie Store or something like that, and their logo is a 14 foot high Confederate flag. Yep. I like, and yeah. I was looking for a gift shop, but. I think I'll just yeah, drive and, to the next block and, and see what and happens. It, it, it could just mean you're a Leonard Skinner fan, you know, because it, it's on every album. Um, and, you know, the way they utilize that in their marketing, you work know, Southern mm-hmm. Rock Band and Southern Pride and all that stuff. And you're right, we've hit this place recently uh, where it's taking on different meanings, some of its original mm-hmm. meaning that has been washed away by bands like Leonard Skinner using it. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, or Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, or Dukes of Hazard, right? Yeah, the, the my roommate Marcel, who's been on the show, who is a black man, has a a Dukes of Hazard Hot Wheels car. <laughs> um, but, but does it ever really lose like those like those meanings? Like no, no. I mean, because like isn't that part of that? But going back to the punk example, that's yeah. why they're using it specifically because right. of those meanings. It wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't say it's erasing that. It. It's trivializing it. Maybe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. I, I mean, you do. You have these moments. There is a car in town. I am in small town, rural southwestern Oregon, and there is a yep. truck in town that flies an enormous Confederate flag from the back of a pickup. And it does. I see it around town and I think, really? Is that really what you want to advertise? Because we do. We see these things and it, it does. It makes us think certain things. Mm hmm. And you're, I mean, you're certainly not in the South. You're in Oregon, well, which is. Oregon has a, yeah. a long no, history but, with the Ku Klux Klan. Yes. My point being that you were not, you were not in an actual Confederate state. You nope. were in a state where, where people decided that they right. wanted to be racist. Well, well, Oregon is where when this, when the South uh, integrated, Oregon is where a lot of like KKK members went. We had one of the, actually, I believe Oregon had the last governor that was an openly a member of the KKK. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, this is one of my pet peeves whenever people go like, oh, Portlandia, West Coast, liberal Mecca. And I'm like, well, giant asterisk. <laughs> Portland, yes. Eugene, sort of everywhere else, not so much. I mean, even even Portland, there's... Is there anyway? That's, I haven't been there. that's another. That's another yeah. episode. <laughs> well, that's 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 everywhere. I mean, that's Pennsylvania. We we talked yeah. about 
but I, th- but I think that's the issue. Like you, you have, uh, I think you end up with meaning that becomes almost regional Pennsylvania, everyone who lives in Pittsburgh and everyone in Philadelphia think we're in a very liberal state and we're very, very, very confused when it went to Donald Trump in the last election. How can that happen? It's like, obviously you've never stopped anywhere in the 400 some odd miles between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, which are not the same. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, so I'm, I'm curious since we have these three comic book persons than me who's read some comic books, but really knows nothing. When you guys see somebody or like, I guess what's the difference to you? Because we're talking about like Walmart selling, you know, Batman, Spider-Man t-shirts Versus sort of like nerd culture. I mean, it's not like it's not like nerds have stopped wearing those T-shirts. Right. So it's like, what is the association? The popular association, I would, I would say, like, it's almost just like I don't know if it means anything. I, I guess I see I see a dude walking the street in a superman like a superman T-shirt, and I'm like, oh, you are a basic bro. But yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I in think comic book culture, what does that actually mean? No, I, to I, you guys? I, I, I think that's that's absolutely true. I think you know, 30 years ago, if I saw somebody wearing a Green Lantern shirt, you are part of my tribe, and we can have a conversation. That's not true anymore. Yeah. Not for Greenland. Not for Greenlander. Right. I think you have to get like more obscure. Yeah. I think there. I think that for the comic book subculture, I think the symbology that you announce yourself as a member of the subculture with more becomes time. more particular mm-hmm. as as comics became mm-hmm. or not comics, but as super. Because uh, be very specific, as superhero memorabilia became more mainstream comic book fans began to announce themselves with more particular yeah. stuff. Well, yeah. If, and anybody who can recognize my maid shirt for being a maid shirt and not a flash and or Shazam shirt. Right. Right. You know, they become cool. Um, or, you know, I don't even know, know what these words mean. Right. Yeah. Well, no, that's exactly the point. That's exactly the point. If you, yeah, if you're wearing, if you're wearing a maid shirt and people know it's mage, then that's a little bit of extra cred. Mm-hmm. It's um, if you're wandering around in a Grindle t-shirt, right. And people are like, what the hell is that? You know, there's extra cred there. I I made the comment on, uh, again, on the blog, I pointed out that I have, um, I bought at Wayne's store. I have a purple shirt with a yellow bat on it. It's the Batgirl symbol. And I wore it because I like Batgirl. And both my wife and my mom thought, oh, you have a Batman t-shirt on. And I said, I do not. And they're like, um... But that's the Batman like, symbol. <laughs> but that's the symbol. And I said, it is not. And he's like, how do you, and it's like, well, what is it? And I, I, I told my mom, ask Sophia. Sophia is my niece who at the time was six. And Sophia looked at the picture and uh, that my mom showed her on the cell phone. And she said, it's not the Batman symbol. And, and my mom's like, yes, it is. And, and Sophia says, don't be silly, grandma. That's a Batgirl symbol. You can tell because. <laughs> totally you, different. Yeah. You can tell because the shirt is purple and the bat is yellow. Obviously. <laughs> Shout out to my six, well, now seven year old niece Jeez, who grandma. can't listen to the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you're, you're being stupid. Um, but, right. but that's the, but, but she, you know, she at six was enough of a geek that I knew she would like sort of understand that. But again, I also understood that there's going to be, you know, I think when I bought it, I probably even mentioned to Wayne, I'm going to be great. I'm going to wear this and see how many people are going to think it's Batman. You know, and and there there are shirts I have, you know, comic shirts that I just assume most people are. And I I don't, I wear the stuff that I I like. These are books that I identify with that I like, but there are ones that I've stopped trying to explain to people what it is. Like you, you, anybody who, my Nexus t-shirt, like, Ooh, space ghost. Like, yeah. 
Uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> you have like a QR code on the back of your shirt and you can scan it. Be like, the Wikipedia article on. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> you could be a source of comic book education for the masses, Wayne. <laughs> Now, comics are weird, though, because I, th- I think that bands are d- that, too. Oh, yeah. I don't think in 2019 it means anything at all to have a Pink Floyd T-shirt on. Right. Yeah. yeah. Somebody might, might might actually enjoy Pink Floyd yeah. or they could just have got a T-shirt at Target or the mm-hmm. thrift store or whatever. Right. I think anybody who has a hit album, uh, then, the, then the shirt loses meaning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I don't know about that. Like, I think it also depends on the time period of the band. Like. So, for example, very different. But, like, if I see somebody walking around, especially somebody my age, walking around with a Taylor Swift t-shirt, I can safely make an assumption that they actually listen to Taylor Swift. Yeah. Because, despite the fact she is also, I mean, also a best-selling artist and everything, because, like, that is a particular genre of music that not everyone necessarily, but, like, like, I wouldn't imagine somebody walking in, like, even though Taylor Swift t-shirts, I'm sure, are sewn at big box stores, I cannot imagine... Most like men or women in their twenties, thirties, forties picking up a Taylor Swift T-shirt. Find one, yeah. She's right. famous, but she's not ubiquitous in the same way as as Pink Floyd yeah. is. Well, I think it's also just like Yet. Pink Floyd. Well, yeah. Well, I think it's also Pink Floyd has like entered the, the like the cultural zeitgeist in a yeah. way, just because it is older, and it's also because like it's a thing that people can be like, oh, this my parents listen to this, or at this point. Possibly people's grandparents. I, I, I have that one. More finely enough. I have that one completely white t-shirt I tell everybody is a Beatles t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> not even, let's not even explain that reference. I just, no, you're, no. if you're cool, you got that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah, an example of signaling in-groupness. <laughs> there was this meme going around where it was a picture of someone doing cosplay and and the commenter was being snide about them trying too hard. Oh my God. Oh yeah, the oh, picture God. of the, what is it? Oh, gender bent, Heart. Willy Wonka. Gender bent, yeah, gender bent Joker with the, And yeah. someone else said, you know, and someone commented, actually that's Duella Dent, you know. And it's perfect. Right. <laughs> like that, like, no, that's just a deeper cut for you, for you service nerds. <laughs> yes. Uh, maybe I'll link that picture on, on the show notes because that, that is such a perfect example. Yeah. The person who complained was trying to signify their greater membership. Right. So uh, the, the, the woman cosplaying was obviously attractive and, uh, and the, and female. Yeah. And, and, and you're the, Israel. Right. Yeah. And the first comment was a douche for better, for lack of a better term, some dick trying to like be like, well, this stupid girl is just trying to like wear a hot, hot outfit while she hangs out with her boyfriend and something. Gender bent Joker house, gender bent steampunk Joker is what they called it. And it's like, and then everyone else was like, no, you don't know enough about comics. That's Duella Dent. It's, yeah, it's perfect. Sit down. Yeah. Yes. There's another one. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It's like the stick figures and two kids say are asking their mom, mom, who's your favorite comic yeah. book character? And she says, oh, I don't know, dear. Maybe X-Men. And the kids say, ha ha. Oh, mom, you're so silly. X-Men is a team. And she says, no, X-Men. And she proceeds to tell the, you know, that exactly X-Men is. <laughs> and then in the last panel, it says, read the comics, you fucking casual. <laughs> <laughs> Which, 
if it was if it had been a guy, I honestly, Mav, I could see you saying that to a, to your kid, but. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, I'm just in shock over the fact that, like, X-Man is old enough that, like, that's a classic character. Right. <laughs> what the fuck world do I live in? No, X-Man, X-Man is, like, some gratuitous, to me, X-Man is some gratuitous sales ploy that they did, like, you know, a couple of months ago to, like, just bring in, you know, to, to bring in new kids who aren't real comics fans. That was almost yeah, 20 was years couple, ago. A couple of decades ago, not a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. Everyone so, okay, I have a separate question because, like, the way that I come at this stuff is, like, from so and like an investment in like certain yes. certain worlds of like DIY fashion where like yeah. I don't, at least I don't see a lot of the same kind of gatekeeping that I see in like video game culture comic book culture like nerd culture broadly really but, like yeah like so because I mean okay so like in video games like I especially like as a, as a female going into like a, a video game store it like I remember when I went to buy my PlayStation they kept trying to talk to my then boyfriend and I was like oh yeah 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 and yeah. I was like no sweetie. I'm the one with the money. This one does not play video games. Like I'm buying the PlayStation. For I know Katya's ex. He is not the geek that she is. He's my no. friend. I don't, I mean, no, like, no, not, not in he, that way. He is not a person that you would look at and be like, "This is a person who's a serious gamer." Um, no, he's a, he's 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 a very artsy, you know, kind of poet, furniture builder kind of guy. Right. Uh, and, right and like he played video games because i did yes. um and to the extent that i did mm-hmm. so uh so the, like i guess it happens all the time but it's like i i mean i think that there's a there's a lot of registers to it i think that mm-hmm. at least my experience of like nerd cultures has been that there is much more of an investment in gatekeeping and sort of like signifying who is and who isn't legitimate whereas in like mm-hmm. diy sewing culture like i'm super into like vintage sewing and pinups where actually the opposite is true and that's that's what i was wondering so is it really the opposite or is it that because i i will i will grant you that in nerd culture particularly particularly nerd culture because um the gatekeeping tends to be very very toxic Right. Uh, well, but I but I do feel like because I I have I have gone you know because I I have gone to a fabric store to buy something for for a project right. and been talked to like oh you're a dude you're an idiot because well okay I will say, yeah, I'm not talking it, about yeah. the people that are necessarily working in the fabric store that absolutely yeah. happens in like those communities I'm thinking more of like online like the online okay. community which yes. is very okay. different. Yes. Sort of situation. So yeah, Ravelry then, is very inclusive. Ravelry, which is the knitting. Ravelry, um, like sewing, Instagram, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, and yes. I think I think part of that is frankly just because it is a way more niche community. Like mm-hmm. it's predominantly female, um, predominantly heteronormative straight women, although not entirely. As those of you who are on sewing Twitter uh, and sewing Instagram, we've been having a long conversation about that. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, but I think that there's less of. I guess it's like I. In the sewing community, I think it's much more in the experience of if you made a thing and you are wearing it, everyone else who sews is very excited. That's at least been my experience. I'm sure that there's been other people who have the opposite. Whereas I go to a video game, like, oh, well, I go to Comic-Con and say, like, oh, I play video games. And, like, I have I have done that, had the thing of, like, the stereotypical, oh, what video games do you play? Let me now quiz you about your interests. Yeah. And I'm because like, you yes. have to prove that you're not just lying, that you're not just trying to get attention by saying, oh, I'm a girl and I play. 
Right. You, wait, you can't play video games. You have boobs. But How can you use a joystick when you have boobs? I've also seen that happen. It's very, you know, it's very complicated. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know. Uh, but I've even seen that happen to guys, and I wonder, like, what it is. Is it just that, like, I guess, I guess, has that always been true? No, no, it absolutely has not always been true. Right, because as the resident baby of the show, uh, <laughs> like, it's been true for most of my cultural memory of nerddom, which goes it back probably, to my childhood, it, but... Right, and you were born in... 1990, because uh, I was a squishy baby. I know. Yeah, and, and see, and see now, I, now I asked that time, I, I once, to, when, when Katya and I first became friends, um, she's, um, uh, she said something about how... Um, about being born in 1990. I'll never forget this. Because this is me being me and her not quite knowing me well enough yet to think this is a joke. But she said something about, um, I was ta- we were talking about some TV show or something. She was like, oh, 1990, that was the year I was born. And I said, Katia, I love you. But if you ever fucking say that again, we're not anymore. <laughs> We've known each other for a month. <laughs> just like, but, um, but, but I, but I, but I still love her. So anyway, uh, but, I'm a, you know, I'm all right. I, you know, I, I think I, if, if the internet had existed pre-1990, I think we would have been more aware of it in nerd culture back then. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's always existed. It's just like everything else, the voice has been given to, to the masses. I, I think it existed, but I think, uh, but I think at comic, at, at Comic-Con, 1985 I'm trying to think the first one the first comic-con I ever went to I went to like like Houston comic-con 1985 1986 and I think that comics were enough of a niche thing yeah. that oh my god someone is we, we here were so happy to meet we were so happy to meet other people who were into this yeah like the idea I mean it was that was serious because at, at the time you were such a nerd that I can, you, I mean, it was essentially, I can admit that I read comic books and no one's going to try to beat me right. up. Right. Jesus, this is amazing. Well, right. There was also, and, I, I think, you know, the, the yeah. whole you know, women, women coming into the hobby. I mean, that's, that's been such a threatening thing to so many of the, mm-hmm. the incel douchebags. Um, and there were just significantly less women in the hobby back then. I remember, right. I remember taking a girlfriend to, it was one of the mid Ohio cons. This would have been like 1987, 88, right in there someplace. And, uh, and her commenting just like, wow, there are, I'm one of six women in this room. And, right. and, and that's and, not an exaggeration. And, and, and no, she that literally yeah, would have been. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, that's the number that sticks out in my memory and it was accurate. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, five of those six women were there with the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and the, with the five guys who, at that show who actually had a girlfriend. Right, yes. And I was happy to be one of them at the time. Uh, <laughs> Look at what I got. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, oh, but there, there, there were always the, the, you know, two or three women at those conventions who were obviously, they were fans and they were into it. Mm-hmm. And even back then they were the ones who were most involved in cosplay. There would be the costume contest. Cosplay was not an entire weekend affair. It was from two to four on Sunday afternoon. On and Sunday, then <laughs> um, and and I mean it was guys doing cosplay but I would guarantee you if there were six women at the convention five of them were doing cosplay for the the, mm-hmm. the thing so that's always been a part of it so I think mm-hmm. you know, that piece of what the modern toxic fanboy finds threatening simply didn't exist back then to be threatened by or at least not right. at a 
level that was like noticeable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, noticeable at the level that it is now. Yeah. Right. If there were only, I mean, and when we're talking five women at a show, this is five women at a show with 500 men. Like it's just statistically insignificant. Yeah. 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 It was, I mean, even if someone was mistreating them, it, it was first off, they're less likely to mistreat them because, oh my God, a girl likes comic books. How did this happen? Yeah. Tell me everything. As opposed yeah. to, yeah, as opposed to prove to me that you belong yeah. here, yeah. which I, which becomes, and, and I said like 86, prove to me that you belong here became very noticeable to me, certainly by 1996. Mm. So, so I guess in less than 10 years. Where does the prove to me you belong here well, impulse come from? Okay, I have I have an example of this. I I have sure. a, a denim jacket that a friend of mine gave me as a graduation present uh, back in 1994, and he she had him painted. Now I was a fan of the Crow comic book. That was mm-hmm. also the mm-hmm. year that the film came out. Now, on the back of the jacket, it's an image from the comic book. It's a close-up of the face. And on the front, there's a little panel that he took, like, again, from a part of the comic book. Well, after the movie came out and I was wearing the jacket, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you like the movie, right? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I have the original issues of the comic. Thank you very mm-hmm. much, right? And so mm-hmm. right away, as soon as there was a film version of it, it was, oh, you must like the movie. Now, I did like the movie, too, right? Although, maybe cry about Brandon Lee. Um, but it, it was, <laughs> Brandon Lee, it, it was an interesting thing. Now, um, her boyfriend, because that's who did it, he also made a jacket for her, which had all – it was a collage of images from Star Wars, which are her favorite movies, a bunch of images of Han, like different scenes because that's her favorite character. Mm-hmm. And again, when she would wear it, and because we were roommates for a while, when we would go out and if we were wearing these jackets, we would, we would get, it was an interesting mix of guys who either wanted to talk to us like, oh my God, oh my God, they like this. Or who were like, have you even seen all of those movies? Right? I mean, <laughs> do you really know? Is that your boyfriend's jacket? Right, that kind of thing. It's <laughs> it's a very strange thing and i don't know i mean if you say you started noticing it by the mid 90s right now i'm male too i so i'm going to notice it later than it actually starts and and i've i've experienced i mean just the gatekeeping in general when i go into a comic book store that's kind of how i can tell that's how i rate how good the store is as to whether or not i get challenged as to as to sort of Oh, are you shopping for something for your boyfriend or your or your nephew? And when I get that sort of thing, I usually pull out some obscure issue and like, no, I'm looking for, you know, like issue 38 of James Robinson's run on Starman. Do you have that one? (laughs) When they go, uh, I'm like, you've got to have that one. Right. Because that's when blah, 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 blah happens. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but some, some comic book stores, I have to be very clear, have been, are wonderful. I've, I know a few that are great that you walk in and it doesn't feel like somebody's personal stash in their basement and, oh my God, why are you here? Stop touching things, go away. You know, it, it, <laughs> like, oh, you have yes. Well, Wayne's store, when they first moved to their current location, Wayne, Stephanie, my wife, who's been on the show, uh, Wayne begged her to come in for the Steph test. I remember for like it took her six months to show up because at the old location, we were going to dinner after I picked up my comics. Steph would come 
knock on the window and stand outside because she was afraid to go inside. <laughs> and, and, and not because of us. I, we, I, no. we, we are all, I, I think Mav will back this up. I think we're one of the most welcoming comic shops in existence. Right. Um, but she did not want to be in the, in right. that building. <laughs> and, and some of it was the other fans who were there. It was, it was Wednesday. It was new book day and it was a crowded store. Mm-hmm. Right. Then when, when you, they opened the new store, which is, which is frankly, it's across the street from the old store. They just moved locations across the street and God, you guys have been there. 10, <laughs> you 11 know, years. Is, yeah. Yes. It, yeah. You know, 11 years or in my mind, six months right. ago, but, but um, they moved, they moved across the street and Wayne, like you basically begged Stephanie to come in for like six months. No, I need you to come in and walk around the store and make sure you're not afraid of it. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was very, he's like, cause you're like, cause he, cause you told her, he was like, no, when we were designing stuff, I specifically had you in mind. This has to be somewhere where Stephanie won't run, you know, <laughs> because it, because the old store wasn't particularly welcoming in a lot of ways. The, you know, and this is you said 11 years. Yeah. So in the mid in the mid nineties, 99% of comic books are yeah. going to be massively chested women just kind yeah. of mm-hmm. in no clothes. So Yeah, and, and that's it. I mean, it, it wasn't welcoming in the sense of that was what the market was in the 1990s. It also wasn't welcoming because it was just small and not room to move. So, right. So you can't get get away from the images. Of yeah. Do want to, I do want to move back to the other topic though, because because I, I mean we're centering on comics as like sort of how we signify it. But I mean I think com- we got there by yeah I, I think that there is a certain point where if you wear a comic book with Starman on it, as Nicole said, if you if you wear that on a shirt, that definitely signifies you as an actual member of the tribe, so to speak. I like I, I wonder if you if you're wandering around and Nicole, maybe you can answer this. If as a woman, you wear that obscure shirt, like if you're wearing a jacket, I can see that. But if you're wearing a T-shirt that is obviously in your size with some character that hasn't been popular since mm-hmm. 1986, like you had to work yes. to get that to, to where I think to where I think it sort of signifies, you know, sort of right. membership in a way that it's like if I'm going to if I'm going to. OK, sadly, they're not touring anymore. I'm very sad. But if I was going to a Rush concert. Now I've been, you know, to nine. So, but if I go to a rush concert, I'm going to wear, I guarantee you my earliest shirt. I'm going to wear like my shirt from the concert I went to in 1988 because exactly that I'm not somebody's date that, that I, okay. okay, (laughs) Just, just just because I'm old, I I saw them in Pittsburgh in 1979, but I'm old. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't see them until, I guess I didn't. <laughs> no, and, and and that's the only time I've ever seen them. That that's not meant as a one upsmanship thing. It's like, oh, I'm fucking old. <laughs> not much older than I am. <laughs> but but that is it is sort of a. I mean that you want to sort of prove your cred, right? And so mm-hmm. you're right. If I was going to if I was going to go somewhere, you know, where I was worried about that, I wouldn't wear, I mean, I have a t-shirt that I picked up at Target. That's the, you know, the floating heads of, from Marvel, just because I thought it was kind of cool. But instead of wearing that, I might wear something like my Green Lantern t-shirt that is the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yes, that signifies a different level of involvement. And I don't, mm-hmm. it's not so much, I don't know if it's so much that I want to brag as that I don't want to be harassed, right? I, mm-hmm. that I want, I want to make the statement that I know this stuff. So it, it's mm-hmm. not, oh, did you get that as a present? Right? 
<laughs> right, right. So it, then again, I mean, these days, you know, like we've said, it's hard to assume anything because if I see somebody wearing, uh, you know, uh, a Led Zeppelin T-shirt, they may not even know who Led Zeppelin is. They just... It, yeah, yeah. it was a cheap T-shirt and they needed something clean, mm-hmm. especially <laughs> college students. Well, and, and, and that's so many of those those classic bands. Like I said, you know, you, can, you, you when you can pick any of that stuff up at, at Target or Walmart or you know, Hot Topic or whatever, it, it changes the context oh, God, of what that symbol it. means. <laughs> Yeah. Is that even still a thing? Well, Am I yeah. Yeah, it's yes. hot topic. Okay. It's okay. gotten way weirder. Okay. Well, no, I, I don't think it has. You're old now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it got, well, okay. Yeah. Hot topic. Well, actually, hot topic's an interesting thing. Hot topic, when it first opened, when I was like, it, when I was like probably in middle school, was mm-hmm. you couldn't buy girls' clothes, like at all, at least the ones like in mine. And now it's like you could go in and you buy could, them. You could, you, I actually, I, I shopped with people at Hot Topic when you, when it first opened, you could buy girls clothes, nothing that you would have been allowed to wear in middle school. Right. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. It's like, it, well, it wasn't, I was, I was going to say, it's not clothes. It's basically glorified lingerie, if that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's like, and, and Hot Topic was also like, the place where you got nerd t-shirts if you didn't know where to get nerd t-shirts. Right. Yeah. And I think that's still, you know, that's still a thing, but it's just sort of hot topic has always been, their brand has been, Hey, here's the alternative. Here's the edgy alternative stuff that I wear when I'm 16. Right. Well, it's, it's the, it's the mainstreaming of like, it's basically, I mean, it's basically the mainstreaming of punk. I mean, they're doing, they're doing, they're doing to punk what basically Walmart has done to the Superman logo. That's what I was going to bring up. I mean, you punk, you know, initially it's just this, this rejection of consumerism and capitalism and, and Mm -hmm. all this stuff, but now you can buy a black flag shirt at Hot Topic. What what does that do to the symbol? What does that, Mm -hmm. does that change the original message? Does that, does that change the way it's perceived? Are the, yeah, it just means it's not really punk anymore. And are the band sellouts because they're finally 30 years later making money off of something, you know? but also, like, I think that, I think that, I mean, yes, it started with punk because that was the cool thing to commodify in 1990, right, yeah. 1995 or whatever, whatever. But like the, the idea of like, what you buy in a hot topic in 2019 is very different. I, mm-hmm. I think like, because, because the, the cool thing to commodify that's edgy and punk is, you know, sort of today they've got a lot of retro things that are throw, throwbacks to 2007. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you can go there. You, I mean, you go there and you buy Sailor Moon t-shirts, mm. you know, which is, which is my childhood. Well, Right, yeah. right. For, well, no, no, but I mean, but I mean, but it is retro for you, right? Like to me, I was grown when when Sailor Moon was a thing. Here, I was long just grown, just a couple months ago. Yeah, but but like, it, but it, but that is the retro thing. So that if you were sixteen, right? If you're sixteen right now, then Sailor Moon. Well, Sailor Moon might not be old enough, but if you're but if you're sixteen right now, there are you can probably buy T-shirts that are. I don't know, Friends or Seinfeld yeah. or, you know, those shows I mean, my parents watched. Sailor Moon is also interesting because, which this might be like, Sailor Moon I think is also a particular interesting as like a in-group signifier because Sailor Moon was like the first, I would say like girl-friendly mainstream anime that sort of showed up in the United States. 
Mm-hmm. Like that was like Sailor Moon was a big deal in the nineties, mainly because mm-hmm. like I mean it was on Cartoon Network for a while, I think, actually. Yes, it was. So like it was a it was a like all female superhero cartoon written for girls in a way that wasn't like gross, basically. It was sort <laughs> of like it was it was like a more grown up version of Powerpuff Girls. I was like yeah. go with that. Yeah. And I think that that, like, I think especially for, I mean, for women my age that grew up and that was, like, with Sailor Moon, like, I think that that, there is a certain, like, I don't know if I'd call it feminist, but sort of, like, camaraderie of, like, oh, this is when, like, we figured out that sort of, like, nerd culture was accessible to us in a way that didn't have to be. We had to be fighting dudes all the time who were trying to do this gatekeeping (laughs) stuff. And then, of course, I got into video games and then, like, uh ha so where does that go for other things? So we, we've talked about the symbols can change. We've talked about the message you're trying to send, but I, there, there's a halfway thing in there. I wanted to talk you know, briefly about you told the story. You will wear a cocktail dress that you sewed to Starbucks or any, whatever your local coffee sure. shop is, because now in your case, you're doing that because you're proud of it because. Yeah, I was, I've been thinking about this the entire time is I think that. I maybe, I don't know if my relationship to clothing is entirely typical because I would say at this point, 60% of my wardrobe is entirely handmade. Right. So I think that clothing insignification means a very different thing to me because it's like, I'm not like, I, I mean, for example, I don't think, I think the closest thing I have to a superhero-esque t-shirt is a t-shirt with Rila Kuma on it, which is Relaxing Bear, I believe in Japanese, uh, which I did not buy to signify any sort of in-group thing. I bought it because I thought the cartoon bear was cool and I at least vaguely know what Rilakkuma is. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I mean, I guess the closest thing to say, I intentionally own clothes that do not signify, like, have images, symbols on them because mm-hmm. that is not why I wear clothes. I wear clothes because I like the way that they're made. Um, I have particular associations with design details and like historic mm-hmm. techniques and stuff like that, that like no one else is going to know. And I guarantee you, like no one in my neighborhood, I, I can go into a sewing store. I do like hand tailoring. Mm-hmm. I can go into a sewing store and half the time, the people that own the place have no idea what I'm talking about. So sure. for me, the idea of like wearing these clothes to signify being part of an in-group is kind of ridiculous because I mean, it's like, imagine what it would be maybe like what early comic book cult- like culture was like, like, no one, no one that I'm going to likely encounter on the street, like cares about most of the things that I would be. Well, no one that you, no one that you run into randomly, but, uh, but right. here's where, here's where I'm wondering about it though, because I think that, um, I think the symbol for the niche group sort of does still signify something, which is to say in the very simplest case, if you're going to interview for a job tomorrow, you're not wearing, well, as for a job as a teacher, like which right. is what we do, you're not wearing a cocktail dress. That, that would be dumb, right? Like, you, you know, you, you might right. wear something that you sewed, but it's not going to be sequiny. Right. No. <laughs> like that, like that's, that's the, I, I mean, mean, I think also the problem is that it's not just that, but it's like, if, if I specifically wanted to like to, cause that's, that's a little bit different from like the, the subculture signaling. Right. Right. Because it's a different signal though. It is a different signal, but I think that I mean, part of the thing is, I mean, this even goes to part of the reason that I will, would wear a handmade outfit to a interview, for example, is because my stuff is not identifiably handmade. Like the mark of a good seamstress or tailor or whatever is actually that even somebody else who makes clothes will not identify that anything that I've made, I have made. Sure. One would hope anyway. 
that would be the that, that that's what right. makes your clothing good right yeah so okay. i don't know so yeah i don't i don't know if it's an i mean yeah i don't know if it's quite the same i think actually no i will lie it there, I think there is an element of signaling. I think it's basically that it's not that you're a seamstress or that you sew or that you make things. Cause that's something you can only figure out if you actually have a conversation with somebody and, or you turn their clothes inside out, which I have had people do, uh, while I'm wearing them. Uh, and it's always <laughs> fun, <laughs> but, uh, I think it's like, when you, I mean, cause you can definitely though, see somebody who's interested in clothes and style, even if it's atypical. Mm -hmm. Like you can look at somebody and generally make a judgment of whether or not they care about how they dress that day. I I guess what I'm getting at though, we talked about this briefly on the She-Ra episode, for instance, Mm -hmm. like we talked about why does She-Ra wear a skirt at all? It doesn't make sense at all. And, and we, we talked for, for quite a while about the idea of signifying her femininity, even though she has the biker shorts on underneath it in the, in the more recent version, it's the, it's a flourish it, she wears the skirt just to signify, hey, world, I'm a girl and proud of this. I think there's a message that's there that I think are sometimes even more subtle than. So Superman, we very obviously identify with that S symbol. You know, that means hope or whatever. But the but the idea of um, even more so. There is uh, there's been attempts to update Superman's comic uh, costume repeatedly (laughs) over the years and and very very, there's two that that I think are notable in the 90s. There was a point where they turned him into this weird electric blue monstrosity that was just massively rejected because it just didn't look like Superman. But even more recently, 2011, they rebooted their universe and the new Superman doesn't wear underwear outside of his pants. Well, that's just, that's just wrong. It was, and it bothered people. It bothered people a lot. Like people, I mean, like people were furious and livid to the point where, yeah. And they tried, and and they tried for like four or five years to just make this work. And then eventually they had to, around 2015, 16. So it's been a couple of years now. They brought back the underwear. Nobody. Well, okay. Actually, I shouldn't say nobody because I don't know if Katya knows, but certainly Wayne and Nicole know why Superman wears underwear on the outside of his pants. We know that. But most comic book fans have no idea please, please tell me why, why that I is. Need to, I need to know I won't be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Superman was based on Superman's costume, original costume was based on the idea of the circus strongman from the oh, 1920s. Okay. And the circus strongman wore tights oh. with Shorts on they're the actually trunks. Yeah. yeah, they're trunks. They're not yeah. underwear, but they're but they're trunks on the outside, basically to hide their penis. Okay, that's I, the reason. Sorry, I thought there was like some sort of like superhero oh, reason of like nope, his powers no. come from his underwear. I was hoping yeah. for that, but okay. There is no, and that's the point. None of them, none yeah, of them know that because the idea of a circuit strongman haven't existed. I I told what? Katya, I said if I ever get to write Superman, that's going to be retconned that his powers come from his underwear. <laughs> Sweet. I imagine that there's some sort of superhero in somewhere in a comic book that's like their power comes from their boobs. So you know it's only- Oh, there's oh, yeah, there's tons. Yeah. I, oh god, <laughs> I don't want to know. There's, I mean, there's enough. There's enough stuff in, in video games for me to deal with. I don't need another. <laughs> Od- oddly enough, there. I mean, most of them are really, really bad. But oddly enough, uh, Penthouse Comics from the mid '90s, Wayne. Yeah. Um, 
porn, just straight up porn, several of which were really, really well written in some <laughs> really well drawn. Yeah, well drawn. Yeah, it was like, You're just reading the porn for the art. <laughs> no. Like I was. I mean, because like I just I, no, like I bought the I bought the first one as a goof because I remember it being uh-huh. Switzerland. It was like, uh-huh. and it was just like, no, because because I didn't. I've seen porn comics before, and they're not uh-huh. even even as a young man. Most porn comics are, and maybe for some people, for me, they're not enticing. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they they tend to be awful in many many ways. Stick with that story. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I will. I certainly don't have any shame to where I would deny that. Um, but like Penthouse, I was just like, I'm really curious about this. And that first issue, they really rocked it. So, they, so but that's an aside. My point was, nobody understands why Superman has those underwear anymore, but he doesn't feel like Superman with without them. And so many other characters copied it from 1938 till 2010 that like no one understood why they had the underwear on the outside of pants that just means superhero yeah but that also i mean that also i think goes back to like our episodes i mean i feel like we've touched on this multiple times like on nostalgia because i think part of that is like it's not just that that signifies superhero it's also the idea that people don't want their superheroes and the things that are important to them at certain points in their lives to change I think partly I'm trying to think who's a popular superhero invented in the last 10, 15 years. Um, Deadpool. This has probably been longer than yeah, that. Deadpool like 20 years. Three, three decades. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Bite me. The point, is, Deadpool, the point Deadpool is. Deadpool is older than Katya. Mm hmm. Jesus. He is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck and me. And Matt just died inside. Yeah, a little, a little bit, a little bit. Yep. Um, that said, Deadpool, well, actually, it depends on how who's drawing them, but Deadpool is often drawn with those trunks. Deadpool was invented in like 1990. Yeah, 8990, something like that. 89, yeah. And that is, you know, that was well past the Circus uh, Strongman. It, it, like, it, there was no nostalgia right, to it. But, it was just, but, but, but I'm saying it's, 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 I'm not saying that like people copy it because of the nostalgia. I'm saying people get salty about changing Superman because of nostalgia. Well, Deadpool's actually a great example. Sometimes he has the weird underwear trunks and other times he doesn't. And no one really like bats an eye at it, right? See, they've been able to, mark? Yeah, they've been able to eliminate the, the trunks with Batman to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. In, in ways that you can't with Superman. And, and I think some of that is we've seen Batman in so many different variations of that outfit and the million, mm-hmm. you know, the undersea scuba Batman action figure and, and the way they merchandise all that crap. Uh, somehow him wearing all black and not being able to see the trunks is just much more acceptable in, in to people. And, but why is that? You can modify Batman to an extent, you can't have Batman without ears, mm-hmm. and he has to have some kind of bat on him. Yeah, and but I, I, I mean, I, I make the argument in my in my dissertation that there is a there is like sort of an there's a there's a level of essential essence. Yeah, like to you know what do you need in order to be Superman? You need to be red and blue. You need to have an S, and damn it, you need a cape. Mm-hmm. Without the cape, it it just becomes weird. And if you take any of those things away, it becomes weird. They well, it, just becomes, it becomes something different. Yeah. It's like if you took if you took the Superman logo and changed the colors. I mean, well, isn't there like I mean, well, actually, your 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 Batman logo example with your niece. Like mm-hmm. when you, it's the same logo, change the colors, completely different meaning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you if you change the iconic pieces of a costume, 
mm-hmm. then yeah, it's like fundamentally different unless there's like recognizable callbacks to the original. I mean, right. like what the evolution of Wonder Woman's costume, I think is a really good example of that. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the thing, what makes it iconic because Wonder Woman's costume can evolve over time. Right. Batman's did, Batman has, we say the bat symbol, but does the Batman symbol have a yellow circle around it or no? I don't know. It depends on who's drawing mm-hmm. it. Like, and, and it's just fine. The Superman symbol has evolved over time, but if it's not at least recognizable as the crest of Superman, people reject it in a, in a way that they don't with mm-hmm. Batman. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because I've seen plenty of versions of the Superman S in mm-hmm. shades of pink and glitter for for girls, right? Marketing mm-hmm. towards girls, which yep. I find interesting just because as you brought up with your variation of the bat, the bat logo and your niece mm-hmm. saying, duh, that's not Batman. That's somebody else. That, mm-hmm. that when you think about it, though, when we put the so, S yeah. on Supergirl, we don't change mm-hmm. the colors. We don't. We mm-hmm. don't alter the scheme. And yet, when we're going to market it to women, we'll turn it into a pink version of the Superman logo. Mm-hmm. As you know, women you don't know, like anything that doesn't have pink and glitter on it. That's obvious. <laughs> I mean, I, well, yeah, you like that. That's an interesting. That's an interesting distinction. So, but I mean, pink is a signifier, femininity. The the crest is a signifier of Superman. Mm-hmm. I just get annoyed. Like, why can't I have the regular one? Why do I have to have it in pink? Well, you can, and that's what that's what I'm wondering. I, I wonder. But I mean, so, also the thing is, I mean, this is an actual question because I imagine. So, for example, even as a non comic book person, but someone who is relatively nerdy. I would not buy a pink superhero. Like I would not buy a, a like a t-shirt with a pink Superman logo were I to no. buy mm-hmm. a Superman logo because I know that that is wrong. <laughs> like and not like in a judgy way, but just sort of like that's not Superman. That's someone deciding that basically I can't. I mean it's like video games. It's like I can't have an actual video game. I'm supposed to play My Little Pony because I'm a I'd girl. Buy, and to I'd me I'd buy one. <laughs> I would buy one. Well, just. I mean, of course you would math. <laughs> But, like, but no, like, I think it's like that, that it, it is a marketing and like making it like to me, that's symbolic of whether or not mm-hmm. that's actually true to me. That's symbolic of deciding like women obviously want pink and glitter. Yeah. Regardless. Right. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And to the, me, the pink Superman logo means that it's more because I think that there's a, I think that there's a meaning behind the color pink that we decide. I mean, it's arbitrarily decided. We decided pink means girl. And we decided that, super, you, know, this, you know, this S in the triangle means Superman. And to me, um, the pink Superman shirt is essentially sending the message that it is more important for you to know that I I am a girl than it is that you know that I like Superman. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like yeah. sort of overloading the symbol yeah. in a way that I mean, of course they sell. I like I know for a fact they sell Superman uh, Superman S shirts that are in women's sizes cut for women's bodies that are just black shirts or blue shirts with Superman logos on them. I know my wife has one. So Mm -hmm. like that is a thing that one can buy. Yes. But like, and she does not have the pink one. So I, you know, I I guess there is a, I guess I should, we should be fair. Some, some people just like pink better. They, they might like Superman, but they might just want it in pink because pink's their favorite Mm -hmm. color. So, but it's hard to find, but it is hard to like, I said, I would buy one. But mostly because I'd be curious. I don't know that they just like it would be really hard for me to just walk into a store and buy a pink Superman shirt in my size. Yeah, well, yeah I, I, you're, I, you're right there. But we you don't see that with Batman or Spider Man or or 
some of that stuff. You don't see that stuff making that transition to. Like, I've seen like, Batman. Like, no, I've, yeah. I've seen like pink glittery Batman logos. Okay. Yeah. I've also, not, I used to work at Joanne Fabrics and they made like pink Batman like mm-hmm. fabric okay. for like girl, like for pajamas and okay. stuff. But it does, it does get to a point where, and I think maybe that's the ubiquity thing, right? Like, like I said, the Superman logo is ubiquitous. We're, and again, I, I understand how someone who's devoutly religious might might have a problem with it. But yeah, it's up there with, you know, the cross and probably more so than I said, probably more so than the Star of David, which is weird to me. And I and but the Spider-Man logo is not yeah. there. Yeah. Like the Spider-Man logo is recognizable, but I don't think not the, the spider logo is as recognizable so, as the Christian cross or the star. Can of David. I get a nice swastika t-shirt in pink? Okay. Probably. I, I, probably, if, right? If, if you can think of it, it exists somewhere on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a shocking but true statement. Yeah. What I'm wondering, though, is like, is that like sort of, you know, where that line is that like the symbol starts to be meta enough that it can lose meaning, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Superman symbol doesn't necessarily mean anything anymore. It doesn't mean you're a comic book fan because it is so ubiquitous that you can make it pink. You can and still maintain the Superman-ness of it. I think it's and I still, don't think you can do that with other stuff. Well, Superman, though, it's, it's not that it says, has, it has, doesn't have the old meaning of like, and I know I said like, it's sort of like lost all meaning. It's lost all meaning, I think, to the comic, like to the specific It's not specific comic to comics, book. yeah. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's like completely meaningless because like I, you know, there's a reason I'm not going to go buy a Superman t-shirt and wear it because I don't particularly like the character. I don't particularly like a lot of the things it signifies. And it's mm-hmm. like I said earlier to me, this is the like t-shirt of basic bro-ness. No mm-hmm. judgment on basic bros. Just not my jam. <laughs> but so like, I, so it's not that it's devoid of meaning. It's it's meaning has changed. And I think part mm-hmm. of it, I mean, I think this is maybe also why, like, the Superman costume is maybe important to certain people and not other costumes, like, and, like, people are reticent to see it change. It's like, mm-hmm. Superman is also, like, as far as comic book heroes go, one of the most tied to, like, good old-fashioned American iconography. He's the R superhero. Right. And so I think that... Like Super Superman in particular has a has a special significance, especially in American popular culture, regardless of whether or not you have any relationship with comic books. Mm-hmm. So, what about Batman? What about Wonder Woman? What, Steph has a has a Wonder Woman T shirt that is burgundy. Wonder Woman has never worn bur- burgundy to the to the extent that I know, but she likes the T shirt. She likes the color, mm-hmm. right? And Wonder Woman so and, and Wonder Woman is another one of those that I think like to most people is like relatively like relatively recognizable. I wear the t-shirt mm-hmm. and just tell people it's my initials. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it works. Well, they are. So it's just, their symbols are weird. <laughs> symbols are weird. Um, I want to talk about one more in the blog that I had, um, I, or two that I'll talk about together. I talked about the argument that I had with the cop whose Facebook avatar was the Punisher logo, which I think is just such a mixed message. Mm -hmm. But also, like, um, I mentioned the book Alt Hero, um, which nobody's read except for me. Again, as I said on the blog, if you're a fan of this show, you're not going to like it. Don't go looking for it. 
you know, this is my job. <laughs> it is bad. And it is, but like one of the main characters, she calls herself rebel and she's a hot Southern chick in a costume that is inspired by the Confederate flag because her sole purpose is to, you know, to piss off the libs. That's what she was designed for. So like they clearly chose that design aesthetic in order to communicate a message. Sure. So I think that does happen, but she's not exactly the Confederate flag. You know, she's close enough. Right. Because it's like the symbol, the symbol doesn't stop. I mean, yeah, it's like we know what a Confederate flag looks like. As long as it recalls that imagery enough, like it's still mm-hmm. functionally the same symbol. Okay. Then what about the cop? Because he was talking about he he felt police needed the discretion to know when was the right time to just start to discharge their weapons because they know when danger is. And I said, I can't take anything you say seriously because your Facebook avatar is the Punisher symbol. And he's like, that doesn't mean anything. It just means I'm, I like the character. And it's like, no, the fact that you like the character enough to make it a Facebook logo. Well, I think, means something yeah, I think to me. it goes back to like the idea. I mean, first of all, I think there's a difference between symbols used in fictional contexts and used mm-hmm. in real life as associations. There's also a difference between his intention on the Facebook mm-hmm. thing. I mean, his, his, his intention of using the Punisher as his Facebook profile and what you see in it. I think both of you in a certain respect are, are correct in the sense that like, yeah, he should be able to use what he likes for whatever, you know, for something like as trivial as an Instagram or not Instagram profile pic, but anyway, the profile pic. Yeah. And, but on the other hand, yeah, if you can tell like, oh, you're really into Punisher, what does that say about you that you identify with this character that strongly? Exactly. Whether or not you are consciously aware of yeah. that identification or not. I, I just, I just sent a link to our, our group message. Uh, Nate Powell, who was the artist on March, did a really great cartoon recently called About Face, Death and Surrender to Power in the Clothing of Men, where he talks about the Punisher symbol. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. link that in the show. Yeah, it, just, it was really good, and it ties in very specifically with this this idea. So, I mean, I again, Mav, this guy. I mean, he can just say, he can say, "Oh, I just like the character," but there are so many characters out there. What is mm-hmm. it about that character that's so you like the one who kills people? Yeah, who disagree with them? <laughs> I mean, right? That that okay, my my Facebook uh, profile pic is Kyle Kyle Rayner, Green mm-hmm. Lantern. Okay. So yeah, that says something. I mean, I'd like to think that Kyle's not nearly as violent as the Punisher. And and <laughs> yeah, you might just think, oh yeah, it's cool. But again, why do you think that's cool? Yeah. What is it about that character that makes you pick that one and not someone like we, we were selling and we were selling patches from Game of Thrones and I really worried about the person who was excited about the House Bolton patch. Yeah, I, and yeah. I mean, if you don't know Game of Thrones, that means nothing. But like, like this is what you identify with. The second yeah. you do. I think it's also so. There's something very particular about so, like picking something as your. I mean, your profile picture is supposed to be a representation of you. If you pick the Punisher, mm-hmm. you are suggesting certain things. Mm-hmm. About mm-hmm. your identity that are like that, like you know, because like, for a long time, my dad's my dad's profile picture was a, a picture of Iron Man, because that was his favorite favorite mm-hmm. comic book as a kid. And my dad is an engineer, yeah. so the idea of like an engineering superhero appeals him de- deeply. Yeah. So like to him, that is like representative of certain parts of his identity. The fact that there's a cop that uses Punisher of, as his identity, like sure, maybe it's not actually representative, but it definitely gives me reason to yeah. pause. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. sort of like the people who 
I, I don't know. I mean, the Harry Potter fans who are like, oh, yeah, I'm a total Slytherin. And I feel like, um, you know, that in general, those characters, you know, are kind of not the greatest. Yes. I mean, <laughs> not that they're horrible, horrible and completely worthless. But when someone's really proud of being a Slytherin, I can't help but think you you realize who you're identifying with, right? Mm-hmm. And, oh, no. My favorite is, is I bet someone with a Death Eater tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And didn't... And, to, this was also a person of color who was like, like you do realize the Death Eaters are like basically a metaphor for white supremacy. And he's like, yeah, no. They're, they're not and I was like, it's, yeah, I'm like, dude, it's not even subtle. Like you're, you're basically <laughs> wearing a white nationalist tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> and how did, well, and, well, and that's kind of, that's kind of why I thought this, this today's show topic was interesting. It, it's not just the idea of symbols, the idea, and I'm, and I'm including Facebook avatars as, as clothing, because I think they're, like you said, this is a pro a profile pic on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or, or Tumblr or whatever you're using. This is the image you've chosen to represent you as the right. visual signifier people see. And I think the clothing that you wear, and this is why I was getting going with, 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 you know, Katia, even making your own clothes. Yeah, sure. You're not wearing a superhero t-shirt. You're wearing stuff that you've sewn, but you've made the decision to wear that, you know, right. you've, you sew, I mean, and in fact, particularly in your, in your, in your case, you didn't sew things out of superhero logos. You could have chosen pink. You could have chosen Superman fabric. You could have chosen anything. You picked the fab, the fabric that makes some sort of, you know, presentation, which might, I mean, your presentation might very well be, you know, I look cuter in blue than I do in pink or, you know, like right. for whatever, for whatever reason, but you've, um, but you've, you've, you've made decisions to present yourself to the world. You're not just drawing a Superman logo on a piece of paper. You're literally putting it on your body. You're putting a Punisher logo on your profile page that you present to the world. You are wearing a Kyle Rayner t-shirt, a Pink Floyd t-shirt. You have made a decision to say, hey, world, here's something about me. That's the first thing that you notice when you look at me. Right. I actually just, and that's a message. I discuss this with my students because I actually talk about this when we talk about visual arguments um, mm-hmm. and and talk about that, about how there are so many things about a person that you don't know until you get to know the person, which is mm-hmm. why things that we can see like what are they wearing? Are they wearing a, a Yankees cap? Are they wearing a Superman T-shirt? You know, um, things like that tell us things about the person that give us ways to connect to them and or Mm -hmm. think, Ooh, maybe I don't want to connect with them. And it it doesn't, even before we know how they intend it or how much they mean it. I mean, are they wearing the, the, you know, the Yankees cap because someone gave it to them or are they wearing it because it's their favorite team and they, they can recite, you know, all the stats Mm -hmm. of every year ever. We, We don't know. But we do start to make assumptions based on those clues. Like you said, if you mm-hmm. see somebody wearing the cross, you, you make assumptions about that, about what that They're, symbol means. Yeah, they're a Christian, probably a Catholic. And if you say, I'm an atheist, how dare you assume? Well, it's like, well, stop. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you can say, they can then say, well, I only wear this because it was my mother's and she passed away and I feel close to her. And you're like, oh, okay. Wait, more information. Mm-hmm. But, Perfect. But now I've had a conversation with you. You don't have that information. Mm -hmm. It also makes them a little uncomfortable because usually I pick on someone in the class who's wearing 
something that has a logo and say, okay, let's talk about what this means. Uh, making you, kids uncomfortable is the, the best part of my teaching. What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cr- real-time critiquing of the kids in your class. <laughs> uh, particularly when you pick, when you pick one of the ones who's quietest. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this isn't until a couple weeks in, so I know you know, who else can do that too and not have them freak out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not quite the evil teacher, just evil light. Evil light. Evilish. <laughs> you wore the Punisher shirt in pink. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, so we resolve nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we have not. <laughs> Great job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think it was a good yeah. conversation, though, and I, I think the I mean, it's it's a weird one because I don't know on a lot of our shows we have like a deeper question. This wasn't like really that. This was more just like I wanted Let's to sort of yeah. get towards so, towards the concept. And, you know, we we did brush up a little bit. We were, we were trying to discuss the order of shows. And I, I think we should do next week. We should do the show on how subcultures work and what does it mean to be a be a because member of one. And, and symbols are a big, big part of that are a big signifier of that. So, so that's something people can sort of tune in for sort of a, you know, yeah, part two, so to speak. Yenzers and, and yenzers and hipsters and um, hippies and comic book nerds, you know, every, everything. So Brown punks, coat, goths. Muggles, yep. <laughs> okay. uh, so Nicole would be a geek. Is what comes <laughs> that's true. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Nicole, thanks for coming on show with us this week. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. If people want to know more about you, where, where should they go? <laughs> Nowhere. I'm an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Twitter feed and it's just not that exciting. So, you know. <laughs> Well, gee, I wonder if it's more exciting than Wayne's Twitter feed. Wayne, where would people find you on Twitter? <laughs> it, would, it, would, it, would, it would have to be more exciting than my Twitter feed. Uh, uh, my, my blog, I haven't posted anything new for a while. Um, so there it is. Katya. Uh, as always, if you actually want to learn about sewing, you can follow me on Instagram at just that nerd kid. I also sometimes talk about video games and other crap, but you know. <laughs> lately you haven't. It's been a lot. It's been a lot of new outfits lately. Right. Because I've been like in a dissertating editing hole. So that's my only <laughs> solace in life. <laughs> yeah, and it's also, I mean, I used to joke when we used to talk about your Instagram feed a lot on the show. I used to joke that um Katya's Instagram feed used to be really, really amazing because it was almost it was like fabric, dress form, me and dress. Fabric, dress form, me and dress. Video game, fabric, dress form, me and dress. Fabric, dress form, me and dress. Union pose, fabric, dress form, me and dress. <laughs> like, like, like she only had she only had three topics, but lately it's just been me and dress, me and dress, me and dress, me and dress. And by the way, she's really good at it. So I don't mean to, it's not a complaint. If you want to see really cool clothes, she is good at it. Actually, you kept saying me in the dress, and now I kind of want to see you in one of her dresses. <laughs> it's the internet. It's the internet. If you want to find me in a dress, that's that, that is the thing that, that just look. I mean, seriously. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> no, not, so hard, yeah. not that difficult. I have no shame. <laughs> no. I'm, sure, I'm sure I have some pictures of parties. Yeah. There is no shame in wearing frilly dresses. If that's what you feel you need to do. In I don't think that. <laughs> there is no shame in, uh, in being poor, only in dressing poorly. <laughs> Sorry, I had to channel Zorro the Gay Blade for a moment. <sighs> oh, wow. Zorro the Gay Blade. 
that's a whole nother show. <laughs> Probably too. No, I was going to say, I, I want to thank just and, and mention just publicly on the show. I've had a number of people tell me they're listening to the show. I, you know, we, I, the reviews are, you know, we, we need reviews and likes and all that stuff. That's great. But thank you for the people who are actually listening and paying attention and telling me about it. You, you, you like it well enough that you will admit to listening to it when you see me in public. So that's Yay. Uh, so, so thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. And for those people, definitely leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Take the time to write, write a review because that will make us more famous, which will mean that there will be more people. And then, you know, I'll stop begging. I mean, I won't. I'm going to keep begging. But <laughs> and then maybe Matt can, like, have his own subculture and it will still be appropriate. We'll develop our own symbols. And one day, many years from now, maybe I will still be alive. It will be on a Walmart t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! You have me dying already. It's already in your name that your fans will have to call themselves Mavericks, right? Okay, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I wonder if I can just appropriate the the whole basketball team. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, if you're a fan, leave us a review. We would really appreciate that. And get your friends to listen. They can subscribe to us on iTunes. Or I think Stitcher, Spotify, wherever podcasts come from. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show on Twitter at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Vox Popcast. The show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com. My blog at www.chrismaverick.com where I'm sure I'll talk about something soon, probably a movie review. I've been also in dissertation hell and haven't been doing as many of those, but I'm going to try to get back to that. You can see what we're talking about next week on the show's call for comments. And if you say something that we find interesting, we will probably use it in the conversation next week. So we'd appreciate that. Thank you again for listening. Thank you to Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically to play us out. And we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Okay, you should just know that we don't do this a lot. So this is like a really huge deal. We want to invite you to have lunch with us every day for the rest of the week. Oh, it's okay. Coolness. So we'll see you tomorrow. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. <laughs>